0: Coaches Rising podcast. This is episode number 30 and this podcast is all about being an extraordinary coach. I'm Joel and today I'm going to be joined by Nicholas Yanni and well who's he? He is an executive coach, a group facilitator and a teacher at the renowned IMD business school. As soon as I came across Nicholas's work, a video I saw of him and his website, I just felt this huge resonance with it. And so that's what we're going to explore today, the work that Nicholas does with his executive coaching clients, which is really about inviting them into a new level of performance by expanding the bandwidth from where they lead from beyond this rational left brain dominated Part that we all, you know, are very familiar with. So we we explore what is beyond that narrow bandwidth, and how does he invite his clients in there, and what does the coaching look like when he's doing that? Because I think the way that Nicholas is coaching is part of um, a newly emerging paradigm around coaching. So he's going to talk to us about how he attunes to his clients. What are the components of a deeply attuning to them, so that Almost as if the interior becomes feelable to him. So a little bit more about Nicholas. I'm just looking at his uh, website here. It's a cool about page. He's got his whole kind of life story with pictures in it. Um, So uh, let me scroll down. He's got a really interesting background. He's been involved in music, traveling out to places like Africa to learn percussion from master percussionists. And then he worked in theater for a long time and explored theater as a spiritual path and then later on he was training more recently with uh, Thomas Hubel who is a teacher that I really respect a very fresh voice in the in the spiritual world if you enjoy this podcast i would love it if you would share it uh, you can do that by heading to the individual podcast page and clicking on the share button there or just emailing people i just want to get as many coaches in the loop about this podcast as possible And you can find more podcasts like this one at coachesrising.com forward slash podcast. Let's dive in. I'd, I'd just love to ask you to start with what you think the essential shift that leaders need to make in these times is.
1: Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) small question you know just a small question (laughs) you know um, let me just kind of dive in and, and one essential way that I believe the developmental process has to occur and which is the core of my work is what I would call top down and bottom up and so and the leader who the leaders i work with now i think it's partly the time very much as you've said and it's definitely my development they get this and we go very deep so top down refers to meditative mindfulness practice right which in everyone I work with becomes more or less daily. It's a sitting practice, but it becomes much more than that. It's it's a moment-to-moment practice, and we, we can dive more into what that is if, if you mm-hmm. want later. But that's the top-down approach because that's bringing in a more and more spacious consciousness. And I'll say more about that because that's so important. Then the The bottom up, which is, I wasn't, I don't know if I'd say it's more important, but it's easily as important. That's where we work with all the unintegrated emotional material. Mm. So we dive right back into childhood. And because of the nature of the training I've been doing these last few years, we also dive where when we're ready into ancestral streams of energy and in the most interesting cases and i'd love to talk to you with you about this um because i'm doing some work with some very senior african-american leaders we dive deep into the collective trauma Mm. of the african-american experience so that's what i call bottom up because it's like we're we're little we're little by little Um, We're little by little creating enough presence together that those buried layers can come into our feeling awareness. Mm. And then there's a tremendous kind of, ultimately I I think of it as restoration. It's like a restoration of our whole nervous system Mm. through, because when there are so many unintegrated layers Our nervous system, by definition, has to be contracted to maintain that. And it had to be. We needed to do that when we were younger in order to um, de-intensify experiences that were too much. So our nervous system had to contract in order to be able to move forward. And people become very functional, even though they're sitting on many layers of unintegrated um, emotion or even trauma yeah. so in order for leaders to reach their fullest potential we need to work top down and bottom up and and mm. it's a very beautiful process and I, I, my work already I think for many years went, I think most people would have said it went deeper than most executive coaching but now it goes way deeper and I love on your website, you're clearly gathering people who are working at these new levels of depth. I, I was very, very excited to see that. Yeah. Well, uh,
0: I, I'd love to ask you about this top down and bottom up. But first, I think I'd love to speak a little bit more about why do that? What's the outcome of that? You know, you said that okay. people reach their fullest potential if we set if we get that clearer i think for people listening okay great and then we can yeah. say oh yeah and this is now why we do the top down and bottom okay. up
1: all right very good so let's let's go back to what i spoke about in that talk because the way i see it um we're conditioned to operate in what i refer to as this narrow bandwidth and that is literally how we think about the world it's how we experience the world and it's a narrow bandwidth that's very left brain dominated very rational function as the dominant function and obviously it has its importance and its value but there's a massive amount that it's missing it's for instance as we all know the world's getting more and more complex Mm -hmm. and the rational linear mind wants to reduce everything to certainties. That's not the way to meet complexity. (laughs) It requires us to be in a much bigger listening. So even if we take the topic of listening in leadership, because in my understanding, listening means I feel you. I don't just listen to your words, I'm available, I'm spacious, I'm receptive. And when a senior leader gives someone even two minutes of that kind of quality attention, that's huge. Mm. That's, as we know, people don't leave organizations, they leave leaders, the research shows that. And mm. one of the biggest reasons they leave leaders is that they're not, they don't feel listened to, they don't feel received. So even on that relational level, there's a huge expansion that needs to take place. But then there's um, there's a huge expansion on the emotional level as well, because as we know, in the corporate world, it's unbelievably unintelligent emotionally most of the time. <laughs> so a lot of the work I do is with senior leaders is first of all, that they become more and more comfortable with their own emotions and we totally dismantle the idea of positive or negative emotion Mm. that's something would be good that maybe that we talk about and then what does it mean for them in a team meeting for instance to be able to stop and say there's a lot of anxiety in the room let's just acknowledge that i'm feeling anxious at this moment, because this is a difficult project. Let's just acknowledge how we're feeling. We don't need to fix it. We don't need to try and make it go away. We just need to include it. Now that's a big step for many leaders to be mature enough in their own development to be able to do that. And what I hear time and time again is when leaders do begin to be able to do that, It makes an enormous difference to people, makes an enormous difference to people's connectedness, but it also very importantly, whatever we include in an intelligent way, it relaxes the individual and the group nervous system. And then much higher level of thinking comes in. I was working with a team a while back in America and by the third day, they were able to sit in small groups and talk about their fear, but really talk about it, not just blah, 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 in a way that was connected. And when we came back together again, time off, group after group said, what was amazing was after we did that, we had so many new ideas. So this is all, I see all of this as energy work. Yeah. We're needing to work with the unintegrated energy, and then our nervous system settles, and then much higher levels of innovation and intelligence come in. Yeah. So I think I've given you multiple reasons <laughs> yeah, no. why, why this is so essential. Yeah. To your leader. Otherwise, they're in the old paradigm command and control. It's just yeah. not enough, it's not good enough.
0: See, see what you just shared there is the the key for me, the the idea or the shift that I would love every leader and coach to get. Yes, and right. I feel that it's it's like we we hear a lot about the VUCA world and it's often painted in a negative way. You know, like we're we're, we're under stress. There's this tension, right. but what people don't name so much is the, the gift of this exactly. complexity is that it's, yeah. it's like a leadership dojo that's inviting us into this paradigm shift. So yeah. that's, yeah. that's why I say that. I think, you know, the, the time is now for this because this to some people in the old paradigm, the, the way we're talking about leadership might sound a little bit like uh, spiritual or, 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 um, even woo woo or something, you know, but it, but it's not. It's not, it's absolutely <clears throat>
1: if it's presented in the right way. I mean, I teach at the IMD, which is you know the number one business school, and I have groups there of multicultural groups, and they get it. They get this. I just got the scores from my last group there, it was like 4.8 out of five. And you know, I'm really turning their world upside down, but they get it, right. It's all about how we communicate. I, I, I guess, like you, I'm sure through many years of experience, I know how to talk in a way that's not woo-woo. Yeah. But it's also about a transmission of presence. Yeah. That when we work with people one-to-one or when we work with a group, if we are deeply enough rooted in being and our nervous system is very deeply open that's having a big effect on the room Mm. so it's a mixture of the two it's it's the how we communicate our presence and then the exercises we do that gradually allow people to to go through a genuinely transformational process often on day two of a program one of the things that happens is that we go into these deep silences in the group And people often say yesterday, this would have been unthinkable, but you can feel that there's this kind of settling and then people are really loving the silence. And you know, in the corporate world, people just don't sit in silence. (laughs) It's like, it's a no-no. It's far too uncomfortable. But once we've gone through enough process and it's embodied, then this space opens and it's a very, then it's like the air changes in the room. Yeah. We're, we're literally in a different air now. And that's, then we're in a new territory. Then we're on the, door, we're, in, we're at the doorway of the new paradigm, as yeah. you beautifully put it. And
0: I think what you're talking about now is, is such a, a key element of this shift that we're able to tolerate that intensity Right, that comes with being here now and and welcoming everything that is, in a way that then we we feel this shift and we we um there's an unfoldingness Mm -hmm. to our experience and and welcoming of uncertainty Mm -hmm. and the unknown in a way that allows novelty to come through. So exactly, so that's the capacity we're developing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I loved what you said. I think it's so true when you said. VUCA world is not a problem, it's an amazing gateway. It's only a problem when we're trying to control it with our old linear thinking. Then it's very problematical because it moves around so much and our rational mind is freaking out trying to control it. But the way you put it, I think, is so correct mm. that if we learn to be more integrated, being and doing sensing and feeling and thinking etc etc then we're in a world of new possibilities and actually it so directly relates to einstein's famous quote about we cannot solve problems at the same level of thinking that created them i mean that's so true and i think what we're talking about now is exactly what it means to go to another level we have all the solutions but we're stuck at a certain paradigm level mm-hmm. my one of my my biggest mentor in the last few years said something beautiful recently. He said, "There is no shortage of resources on the planet, there is a shortage of consciousness mm-hmm. I think that's a very very powerful statement because we're always thinking about we don't have the resources. That's not the issue yeah yeah um.
0: I want to ask you about how do you introduce this work to your one-on-one coaching clients and to groups as well? I liked how you I saw you do that in the videos talking about performance, but um, I think that's for me still something that I'm working with. It's like how do I emphasize the importance of working in this way or articulate it in a way that creates a buy-in to people from people.
1: Mm-hmm. So there are similarities and maybe some differences, whether it's one-to-one or a group. Let's take one-to-one. What usually happens when I'm about to do a corporate engagement, also because people seem to have settled now on a 15-hour contract, which I think is good. So it's a serious engagement. So we always have a chemistry call. This seems to be... A kind of common agreement as well to check, and I think it's good. So, in that chemistry call, I will first of all ask them what they think they need to work on, and then I will say, um, I will find the, I, I will basically communicate to them that we're going to do a deep dive that we're not just going to be looking at a behavioral level, we're going to be looking at, like, what is their inner structure and what is their, and we're going to go back to their childhood. I mean, I will use some of the language we've used now about narrow bandwidth and so on. And it's very important, this, because I would say four out of five say, yes, I want to do that. I want to do that and that's very important because that means they're signing up for the journey hmm. and occasionally during it once we started i have to say just remember you signed up for this because sometimes we do go very deep <laughs> <clears throat> and every so often there's someone for whom it's they it's not they're not ready to do that and i and i think great i'm very pleased that we had this call because if you don't feel ready to do this, we shouldn't work together. So that's really good. The chemistry call. Um, some people, within ten minutes, they say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I want to do this." It's really interesting, and I do agree with you. I think there are more and more people mm. ready to do that. In a group process, um, it's similar, except that I start more with. I usually start with the idea of the bandwidth. And I also very quickly start to talk about being and doing, and I draw a kind of triangle on the board with being and doing. And But it's also from the beginning, because I I slow down a lot. I'm basically down-regulating the nervous system. So I speak slow, much slower than they used to. I'm, I use silence. I don't use silence. I'm naturally pausing. So from the beginning, there's a kind of transmission going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hold the space. I really hold the space. And within an hour, I have to say, like at the IMD, they're totally engaged. And often within an hour and a half, I'm, part of me is thinking, this is an amazing conversation we're having after only an hour and a half. And I do think it's going deeper and deeper. And I think that's a mixture of what you said about the changing times. And it's a mixture of my development. I mean, I just to say, I feel I'm learning and developing faster than at any other time in my life at the moment, which is very exciting. And I well, feel... How come, like um i've i've done an intensive five-year training in the last five years with a with a very very special man Hmm.
0: um would you be willing to share or is that yeah
1: it's a it's a he's a spiritual teacher called mm -hmm. thomas hubel
0: oh yeah sure yeah i know thomas Thomas work yeah fantastic so
1: i I became like really close with him and actually helped him launch his whole online work and helped him launch the Pocket Project for Collective Trauma. Yeah. So I've been like really, really close because you can be more or less close to him. Yeah. So that's been I'm just beginning now to to feel the full effect of that work in a way. And it's streaming into my work. And it's an it it's it's been an extraordinary training. It's opened it's actually really transformed the whole way I experienced the world and, and the way I experienced people. You know, he used to, I used to watch him work with individuals in front of a group, and I was literally like, how are you doing that? How are you going so deep? I don't understand how you can see people so deeply. All I can say is that I understand now. I, I can't do it like he does it, but because he says something very powerful, which again, I heard for three or four years and I thought, well, that's an amazing idea. He's, he always said from the very beginning, all the information is there about an individual. He even says bigger now, he says we living in an omnipresent information field, but we're not tuned into it. So all I can say is that my perceptual range and attunement has rocketed and that's transformed my work because when I'm working with people, I'm feeling them at such a more subtle level than I could a year ago and it's increasing all the time. It's It seems to be like a river opened and it's flowing more and more strongly and I'm sure it's a result of this immersion with him does that make sense
0: it does absolutely it's Um,
1: It's extraordinary that's the information
0: yeah. yeah
1: and and it's and it's effortless it's and it's and I've just finished this training course offering this training course and we've been I've been training people in doing this I mean it's a long journey but It's been a fantastic course because we're really, it's opening a very new paradigm of what it means, for instance, to how we listen, what it means to really feel people on multiple layers, multiple layers. And and it's it's a direct perception through our nervous system. It's like the person's interior becomes feelable really feelable it's it's very beautiful as well and with enormous precision because one of the things we say oh I say in this work is that we we absolutely need to realign word and energy so what I mean by that is if you ask most adults so what are you feeling right now they they have no idea And they start talking, so there's process here, which is what they're feeling, but their words are somewhere out here. Yeah. So, and this is, by the way, in the one-to-one coaching, this is a core principle that we spend a lot of time learning to bring my words back into alignment with what I'm actually feeling. Now, for that, we have it helps to have a very simple emotional map. So, our core emotions are fear, anger, joy, and sadness, with all the multiple shades and intensities within each of those. So, when I'm coaching someone, it you know it sounds so simple, but it's a sign of our culture that this is not simple at all. Because if I say to someone how are you Feeling that's the language we need. I, I can feel some anxiety now. I'm some sadness. Then words and exact the words we need to be one hundred percent precise because when someone realigns word and their actual real process, there's a whole movement that starts to take place. Hmm. And it's very, very precise. It's, it's, it's a very beautiful part of the work. We need to be exactly precise, because there are many words for emotions. Um, and then, of course, it rewrites the whole idea that, like often in a corporate group, that's one of the biggest things, paradigm shifts, is there is no negative emotion. Hmm. Because I often will ask a group, okay, how many people in the room believe fear blocks you? Everyone puts their hand up. But actually, it's not true. The only thing that blocks you is that you block fear. Mm. Because if you allow yourself in a safe relational space to actually feel fear in your body and breathe through it, and you feel that someone is with you as you're doing that the last thing that will happen is it blocks you on the contrary it's going to really open your whole system I, that's a huge rewrite in the yeah. particularly in the corporate world yeah huge rewrite
0: what that speaks to me of is is um how we often reify our experience by being in this rational aspect of our yes re- And then everything kind of solidifies. Exactly. And by allowing the fear, everything starts to flow again to move. And then we allow that fear to transmute or to uh, to transform into something else, which comes.
1: the key thing is exactly what you said: that there is movement. Yeah. And therefore, life intelligence.
0: Right. Right.
1: Flow. You use the perfect word there is flow," because basically we're all more or less frozen, and so this whole work is about a melting
0: and that's why I think um, in the in the early stages, we have to relate to a lot of this patterning and conditioning, which kind of covers over the the maybe more essential or um, purpose. Uh, given gifts that we have, you know, our higher self that um, We can kind of metabolize all that conditioning through presence mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then exactly that allows that to come through and I, I, You said so much there. I just want to respond to some of it because Go ahead. Um, It's funny because Thomas Hubel <laughs> when I first um, Came across his work. I listened to one of his interviews on Beyond Awakening and it was the one of you know I, It's happened a few times in my life, but I, I stopped in my tracks and I was like, "What's this guy saying?" And I started writing down everything he was saying. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, I was like, "Oh, like, and he's talking about speaking online mm-hmm. and exactly. you know, opening to this uh, informational field in a way that that can." come through us and right now i'm in the process of studying a lot of sufism where they mm-hmm. talk about this imaginal realm this this field of information around us that we need to sensitize ourselves mm-hmm. to sensitize our hearts in order to be able to perceive it because it's it's subtle it's exactly. a, it's a subtle exactly. field and um, the other thing that you said which I love is and this is something I'm trying to do in my work more and more, which is so often my clients are speaking about something. Exactly. And they're not speaking from it. Exactly. And it's um it's so less powerful than when they're able to you know be present and be and, and speak from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the, the word I would give, I'm not sure, but it's like what it is wants, that wants to come through them, the thing that there's their purpose or uh, the quality that is um, theirs and, and, and a positive quality, but whatever that is, they, they can start to speak from it, from their direct experience.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's then there's totally a transmission. Key. That's totally key. I mean, it's in a way, it's the essence of the work. Uh, you said it perfectly that we need we need to re- and a lot of my work. First of all, there's one more important idea that I th- people find just useful, which is that our thinking, our feeling, and our body go at different speeds, and our thinking is the fastest. And because most people are living in a very mental world, one of the biggest things we need to do when we're coaching is we need to slow down. Because if we don't slow down, we have no access to our feelings because we're going too fast. Mm. And then we'll do everything you said. We'll talk about how are you feeling. Well, I think that, no, no, no. How how are you feeling? We have to slow down. So a lot of my work, it looks simple in one way, but a lot of my work is no, 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 no. It's just, Let's take time now. And also, of course, you have to teach people how to pay attention. Mm. Because most people also, when you, for instance, I mean, this will be very familiar to you, but a lot of people, if I say to them, how are you feeling? They go like that. It's like they're looking into their thinking Mm. to find out how they're feeling. And we joke about it. I say, no, 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 your feelings are not up there. (laughs) You need to learn to look in here. And that's a whole education as well to help people understand how do we begin to contact our feelings? Mm. It sounds simple, but it's not simple for most people at all. I've had to practice years to be more in touch with my emotions.
0: That, you're, you're starting to speak now into the question I had when you talked about what you've learned uh, over the last few years, you know, this attunement. Right. I think right. Is, is like really key. Like, you know, that we are a sense, we're sense organs and we can um, attune to our clients. So could you tell me a bit more about how that goes for you? Like, how, um, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of depth that it creates for you in your coaching and how how you actually do it. And I get the one answer could be, Hey, you know, it takes years of work, you know, and, and hard and you and you refine and refine. But then maybe you could talk about it more phenomenologically, like in the moment, what you're doing with your client.
1: Mm-hmm. First of all, it's true. It does take years. <laughs> but anything worthwhile takes years. Um, yes. Yeah, so there are two, two very important components, as I experience it when I'm coaching well and what I've been trying to teach on my course. The first is, is more the top down. I call it a verticality, which means I need to be residing in deep spaciousness. In a way I need to be space, Mm -hmm. energetically. This would sound very abstract to some people, but I think we both know what I'm talking about. So I need to, this is the meditative practice. Only when I'm very spacious, and that also means that when I'm in the function of coaching, my personal process is very much gone in the background, which also means I need to keep working on it so it doesn't kick off. (laughs) I mean, that's a big responsibility for any of us who are coaches, that we have to keep doing our personal shadow work. But let's say I'm able to reside in a very, very spacious receptivity as well. And that means also that my nervous system is in a very settled and very open feeling um, state and then you will start talking as as you start talking about whatever you want to start talking about. And a part of me is listening to your words, but much more of me is feeling you. And then there'll often be a point where I'll start to... Um, I'll I'll pick up on there's often one word that a person says or one little phrase that's a gateway. They don't realise it because they're just talking, but it's like there's one phrase or word that's a gateway to the process more. And I'll go back to that and I'll say, let's let's just hear that word for a moment. Just or that phrase and then they'll say and then I'll say okay let's begin to notice what's happening inside you when you say those words and then then we're then we're into the process it's like there's content in this process and most people come with content obviously but most of the time it's not the content that's important yes. and there's a very important phrase here that I learned from Thomas actually which is beautiful which is that The client is throwing you a lot of bones and your job is not to follow the bones. If you follow the bones, you'll miss the process. And the bones are questions, thinking about things. This is my issue. I don't know whether to do this or this. Yeah, but those are all bones. What we need to do is be with your process, what's happening inside you. Like um, just two days ago, I was working with a group actually, but there was one executive who said, I've got a big life decision and I'm not sure whether it's the right thing to do. And he said, I know I can't get the answer rationally. I've done endless charts, you know, pros and cons. So I just started to say, yeah, okay, I understand. Let's just be with your process for a moment. When you're thinking about this big life decision, let's begin to make space for what's happening inside you. I could already feel his fear, of course. That's the other thing. When we're attuned in this way, we we feel things in the client very often way before they do. Yeah. And then it's like we're holding the space and sometimes naming Sometimes they go there naturally. Sometimes we need to say, I I have a feeling of some fear in you. And then they'll say, yeah. And then I'll say, let's just be with that. Let's just allow that. And we did. And then I could feel there was sadness and he got it. He said, yeah, that's also sadness. Anyway, it wasn't very long because there was a whole group there. We maybe did 10 minutes. But by the end of the 10 minutes, he settled in a new way. And all I could say to him was, this need, now you can look at the whole situation from a different place in yourself. Right. Not just with the rational, which is obviously important. You need to do all the analysis. But ultimately, the decision has to come from a deeper place. Um, Yeah, so not following the bones is very important because we can get so easily distracted by questions. And so I'm in a very attuned to what's happening in in the person. And then it's often also, it's like an archaeological process. Um, And this is where it can go very deep over time. I'm working with one um, African-American chief exec. He's in charge of 70,000 people. And he has an incredible commitment to inner development. We've done 30 hours. And he just signed up for another 15. So we went all through his childhood. And there were big topics with his father. After two or three sessions, he was crying like a baby. He'd never done that. We used to joke, have you got the tissues ready? (laughs) But it was so beautiful. Anyway, there was a certain point where I could feel a much deeper layer of the archaeology coming into our field. And it took me a while to figure out how to even name it to him. But I took a jump at one point and he got it immediately because suddenly we were touching the African-American trauma. Mm. Yeah. And we were touching the layer in him where despite him being so successful and so admired, deep down, he doesn't feel he has the right. Mm. He's carrying this core feeling of castration. He used that word. And then we were in like such a deep energy field. And we just, there's a very, very big part of this, which is the relational space that I'm with him. I'm giving him my unconditional presence and everything you feel, I'm, I'm really feeling with you. Not, I'm not just saying that, I'm with you. So, there's a huge healing that takes place because, in those levels of trauma, we're totally alone. Mm. So, to have someone with us in that is a very big part of the, restor- the restoration process. Mm. And that we can never say how long, it's not about time, it's just that we keep working, we keep working, we keep working. Mm. It's been an amazing process with him, and we're still very much ongoing with that. Does that guy? I, I mean, I'm yeah. trying to answer your question. No,
0: I do. It does totally, and it touches me. You know, I mean, I I feel as we talk, uh, I feel myself dropping, and um, mm. touches me to hear you share that story and uh, see how that could be playing out on both such a, a, pro, a s- profound level, but subtle level with somebody and that we're all exactly.
1: carrying these around. in exactly, some Exactly, exactly. We all are. Yeah. 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 And the ancestral streams as well, because yeah. we know, I mean, geneticists are actually very close to proving how trauma is transmitted genetically. Energetically, we know. But it'll be a very great moment, I think, when they offer the proof, in inverted commas, of how this is happening. We yeah. know it's third generation Holocaust, third generation everything. It's still there. Yeah. And that's also a very important idea that people need to hear, that we're not working with the past, we're working with what's here now. Right. Okay, it happened on linear time when you were two years old, but it's here now. Slavery, the imprint of slavery is here big time in the American energy field, and it's unaddressed. Mm. We address some of the symptoms, and there's a lot of kind of anger, which is good, but we're not going down to the real trauma level. Yeah. And actually we're planning to chief exec we we're, we've put in the diary of a, a retreat in March, just with African American chief executives. Mm. And I want to bring this trauma work to them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I love how coaching involves to include all these um, depths that are available to us and yeah. the, the different perspectives we can take, you know, to the different ways that we've been conditioned by not just our families, but our cultures and mm-hmm. our the the um, communities we've been in, but also by the larger kind of narratives that exactly. exist exactly that move through us like waves, you know, exactly. uh, over time. So um and I'm I'm still with also this sense of the way that you work with people when they come out of the rational and this depth and um something i've noticed in my clients often is that like when they come out of the rational and include that but when they move into this felt sense of knowing and we begin to follow that Mm -hmm. that there's a sense of um, maybe scarcity or agitation—the sense of there's something wrong that's operating and mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. fixed. And as we move out of that, that it often lives in more of the rational. Into this depth, it's like the the answer just arrives. Mm-hmm. Like and it, it, they don't need to answer that question that exactly. they came in with, thinking exactly. that they wanted answering. Exactly, it's like they connect to this felt sense of knowing or. Um, or clarity that then reveals to them what the next step is or what they need to do. And it's a very, again, it's this new paradigm for me. It's a very different way of, we're not fixing problems, you know. Exactly, exactly. We're we're like, we're almost like um, learning to harness this inner knowing Mm -hmm. and this presence that flows.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful how you put it, yeah. And it's a huge paradigm shift, I mean huge because the whole old paradigm is we fix everything with our mind mm.
0: um one thing we didn't although we are talking we have been talking about this but you know at the beginning we said like this top down and the bottom up and so um in a way you, you've been talking a lot about this unintegrated material emotional material and and, and um, trauma collective trauma and then spacious consciousness as well we spacious more about that, I yeah i mean um yes yeah. what i was going to ask you okay is i think yeah. that might mean different things for different people and so what does okay. that mean to you
1: yeah okay good yeah because it's a very essential part um <clears throat> first of all let's there's a beautiful metaphor in the jewish mystical tradition which i again i use even though at first it seems a bit abstract but somehow people get it and the 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 metaphor is let me find if i open a book i only have my notebook here if i open a book and i look at the book so basically this is made up of black letters but it's also made up of a white page And our whole conditioning is to only look at the black letters. It's like our perceptual range only focuses on the black letters. So, any kind of meditative or mindful practice, mindfulness practice, is about awakening in us the white page so that we can begin to walk through the day in both and that's a then we're on a very different game board so we do that through well interestingly i mean people it's very interesting when i speak that now it lands in people because then I might say, just think about the last time you had even some deeper moment in your life where suddenly you were feeling more connected with everything, or you were in a kind of deeper silence in yourself. Most people can remember some moment like that. Or I talk about the zone in sports mm. because people are, when someone's in the zone, mm-hmm. they're in deep white page. Mm. And their whole perception is like people say, I knew every single thing that was happening because they're in so much spaciousness. Mm. Um, and then we, I, like for instance in a group, I do some very simple but very strong somatic work. I get people lying on the floor and we do deep breathing and a few things. And then by the time they've come back to standing or sitting they're already in a different state Mm. because the body has opened and then again we can you see this is the white page this is the white page Mm. and then we talk a lot about why is that so important and people I'm finding get it more and more and then we do meditations which people most people love unless they're too agitated um But then, equally importantly, I teach them what it means to go through the, I give them tools, whether it's one-to-one or in a group, like moment-to-moment practice. Mm. And that's one of of the biggest parts of that is to learn to have inner and outer attention at the same time. Mm. So that. All of the time, I have some, always some sensing of my interior mm. while I'm also fully relating to the exterior. That sounds simple, but it's actually a very sophisticated level of presence.
0: Mm. Right.
1: And I say, people, you need, and people get what I mean, but then comes the point you really need to have reminders. You need to fix either on your phone or visual reminders throughout your day to remember this. Yeah. And then people start to, I hear people, one person recently said, I bought a new pen and every meeting I go to, I put this pen on the table. And every time I look at the pen, it reminds me. Yeah. So I really try and give people very concrete practices and the most concrete of all, of course, in the inner sensing is keep feeling your body. Yeah. Keep always some sensing of your body open. Mm. These are very, I mean, and it's nice that, you know, this is on, on the one hand simple, but on the, one, on the other hand, it's powerful. Even recently in one of the IMD, the second morning of, an Arab man in his full Arab clothing, before we started, he said, I want, to, I want to say something. And he was a chief exec. And he said, last night I was in my room and the phone rang. Ah, That's the other thing. I recommend that people use their phone. So every time your phone rings, instead of answering it, take one deep breath. Take one deep breath. And then answer your phone. So he said, I was in my room and phone rang. It was the chairman. And he said, we don't have a good relationship. It's very tense between us. And he said, but I remembered what we did yesterday. He said, I took two seconds. I grounded myself and I breathed. And then I answered the phone. And then he said, and we had the best conversation we've ever had. Mm it 's very important that this is practical <laughs> you know, there 's a very deep thing we 're talking about, but there needs to be a real application as well yeah,
0: yeah. yeah beautiful. I also <laughs> find in my clients how presence is suddenly if I talk about presence developing presence, the, everybody these days is just like that's that 's it that 's like some yeah. they know it on an intuitive level or they Or they've been exploring it already they're just like that that's the thing i need you know yeah exactly um, exactly
1: yeah yeah. it's true it's very true
0: and i guess that capacity to uh be free yeah it's creating um like you said earlier in our conversation we're so caught in doing Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then in thinking trying to control The cortisol in our body gets, you know, released and we get amped up. And exactly. The more we're able to open into this space you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like to use the word space, uh, the more we're able to stay relaxed. Now, we could say relaxed on an embodied level, like um, but that has so much depth to it. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not just relaxing our bodies, but Mm -hmm. we're relaxing our minds, our emotions, our spirit, everything starts to relax. And Mm -hmm. I think that's when those subtle perceptions Mm -hmm. uh, and and, um, insights and innovation Mm
1: -hmm.
0: can come through more easily because we're not all contracted
1: and tight. And one of the things that's actually most important for people to get as quickly as possible is that Noticing and paying attention has nothing to do with thinking. Because even if we do a five-minute exercise of paying attention to different body sensations, that has an enormous effect on people's state. And so this is, I think, the highest value of mindfulness in a way is that people begin to understand that by deliberately paying attention, that's an enormously powerful tool. And then taking more control throughout the day of what am I paying attention to? When I'm sitting in a meeting, am I just lost in my normal thinking process? Or am I, do I have a deeper quality of attention both inside myself, but also to what's happening around, yeah. then that people really get this, they really get it. Mm. Am I present? To keep asking themselves during the day, am I present? Meaning, am I noticing what's happening? Mm. Rather than being in a kind of semi-coma, basically. There's, there's two questions
0: I wanna ask you before we finish. Um, one is just coming back to what we were talking about before about when you're with a, a one-on-one client And you are you know, you you kind of following this thread in a, in a way That's the way the way I describe mm-hmm. it But you, you may hear a word that then you go back to that and then you kind of stay with what's You know, what is that and mm-hmm. then if something else shows up and mm-hmm. so I, I think my question is um, What's happening in you uh like and what do you could you talk more about what you're perceiving like these subtle layers like you mm. did speak about that but I, I i like you know that's what i love about doing these conversations is mm. you know, i share it with the co- coaching community we have but really mm. you know it's kind of almost selfish uh, motive because i love but,
1: but it's them. a great question it's a really good yeah. question so because i want to know for myself it, yeah yeah so what's happening yeah it's a really good question What's happening in me more and more and more and more is that I'm very subtle changes are taking place in my nervous system as a result of what's happening in the client. It's like I'm locked into them and the moment something starts to, let's say I can feel a a sadness in them, and then they're ready to connect with it. Even, even just the beginning of it, my whole, I, I get a lot of subtle sensations happening in my body on a very subtle level, which absolutely are a mirror of what's happening in the client. That's the clearest I can say, but it's very tangible. Yeah. And it's often like the more there is a connection in the client, What seems to happen is that there's a a streaming down in my body on a very subtle level. I recognize it now because it happens more and more frequently. It's It's like something happens in my belly and my legs, my pelvis. It's like a very subtle streaming. And that means, I know that that means the client is beginning to connect. they're beginning to be more in that process and then of course um there can also i can also i can also sometimes feel a lot of emotion sometimes i can even be moved to tears if they're touching something very painful but i know that i'm just being like a um, I'm resonating with them. I know it's not me. I know that I'm resonating, and the and it's moving me deeply. But it's their process. I don't ever get. I know it's very happens very rarely. But we need to be clear if something happens that's me. Yeah. Because basically, we we have to be clear about that. Otherwise, we get very confused. People at first say, "Well, how do you know that?" It's you and not, it's them and not you. We need to know. (laughs) We need to know. And I think that's part of our maturity as coaches, that we learn to know. Um, But this is the essence, is that something's happening very clearly on a subtle sensory level in my body. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just thought of um, another man that I really respect his work and learning a lot from, John Prendergast, and he talks about inner alignment. And I think you used that word as well. It's like you just know, you can feel it when there's Mm. this clicking in, this Mm. dropping in, that boom, there's an an inner alignment. And and what I notice in me and my clients is that I just know too. I can feel it. I'm like, Mm oh, we're here right and they know we're here too yes and their whole body their whole being shifts it's like exactly. even if they're just feeling deep sadness yeah, but that's, just, that's just the truth of yeah. what's here right and that's often when that sense of um needing to fix things is way gone at this right. point you know right. like
1: exactly like exactly.
0: we're just in the right place
1: exactly yeah and that so that brings me to, there's one more thing I wanted to say that's so core in this, is that, um, that ultimately we're, the work is to be with the process, whatever it is, whatever it is. So for instance, if someone, if, if we would say, so how do you feel when you say that? and they begin to be able to recognize i feel kind of numb that is never that is not something to in the way we don't need to go through that we <clears throat> need to be present with that as it is there is nowhere else to go right if you can recognize that you feel numb and i can feel you feeling numb there is nowhere else we need to go. This has been a radical shift in my work. Yeah. And similarly, if someone, as they sometimes do, touches a kind of deep emptiness, not in the way we would mean it, like with a big E, but more like a painful, bleak desert inside, we don't need to fix it. We need to feel it together. Mm. And just stay there. Maybe you feel despair. Let's just, let's give that, let's give that a place now. Let's allow ourselves to feel that.
0: Hmm. Which is so different than a lot of coaching, yeah? <laughs> of you know, course, it's about fixing, fixing. Fixin', fixin'. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, have yeah. no fixing. I've heard other coaches talk about that too, about, that's part of the work in the beginning is is helping people shift because often the things that people want in the coaching, it's actually coming from that sense of lack. Of course. That oh, if I get that job or exactly. if, I come, yeah. if I if I get that confidence, yeah. or, mm. then I'll be okay. Exactly. So exactly. Like,
1: <laughs> no, let's feel the lack.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is like you know people don't want There's to pay
1: for time. that. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah. the, the, the last question I had was you, cause you yeah. talked about like help learning to feel the whisper of higher potential mm-hmm. and I think you know maybe maybe your answer to this would be similar to what we've just been talking about but I want to ask you like w- how that shows up for you like
1: yeah and I think you you said it very beautifully at some points in our conversation that when there is enough settling because there has been enough alignment with process. Sometimes, yeah, this is is interesting. Sometimes, as you said, there's like a different kind of knowing comes. Sometimes, again, referring back to what I'll be feeling in me, sometimes this chakra opens. Mm. I can feel like, oh, wow. Some kind of very higher frequency is coming in now, and that's connected to the higher potential and sometimes we can sit with that and But my feeling is and I, I do think you touched on it, is that when everything gets more aligned and more settled, that naturally we naturally start to come to a topic of purpose yeah. We don't need to get to it. We can't get to it from here. It's like, because it's the core of who we are. It's the core of who we are. So my sense most of the time is that, that emerges very naturally as a result of the work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that fits me too, that mm. it's like those essential qualities or that sense of purpose it's it's a deep it's a depth that emerges once we've felt The the I do not I say it's in the stuff that's in the way But once we've yeah able to meet ourselves and include everything it, it Like we said we talked about flow before so like yes. things start to flow and then exactly. this, at some point Will flow through right as a result
1: exactly exactly because it's a bit like that that could be one of the ultimate bones when someone says, I want to find my sense of purpose. Because if you already are saying that, it means you're not in your flow. Mm. And we don't need to start engaging with you trying to find your sense of purpose. We need to look at where, what, how come there's something not in flow with you. Mm. It's like if people are not somehow feel they're not manifesting in their life, Well, the reason for that is right down in our base. Mm -hmm. We need to look at what's not integrated, what energy is frozen. Because once our energy becomes more aligned, we manifest. Not because we're trying to do some new age manifestation practice, but because there's a natural flow. Yeah. I,
0: um, my sense is to to kind of, begin to draw our conversation yeah. to a close here um, <laughs> and I, a lot. <laughs> yeah and i think um you know like i'd love to speak again sometime yeah,
1: absolutely joe yeah absolutely i think we could talk for hours <laughs> <laughs>
0: um <laughs> but i do i do know that there will be coaches listening to this who want to check out your work more so where can we find out what you're up to
1: thank you yeah i'm just actually um, a new website is being built as we speak, which will be ready within, I think, 10 days. So it's www.nicholasyanni.com. And, and how do you spell Nicholas N-I-C-H-O-L A-S J A N N I nicholasjann yeah. com. And that has all my range of work, including all the work I'm doing with collective trauma as well. Well, I just
0: want to wish you all the best and a big thanks. I, my heart is feeling very um, sweet right now.
1: Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's really lovely to be able to have this depth of meeting. Yeah.
0: Hello, it's me again. It's Joel. This is the outro and I'm going to tell you again about my desire for as many coaches as possible to know about this podcast. So, if you are inspired and you feel like sharing it, you can just click on the share buttons you find on the individual pages. And you can also uh, write a review on iTunes. That would be awesome as well. And you can find more podcasts by heading to coachesrising.com forward slash podcast. And you can also see the cool programs that we offer coaches. their online training for coaches. So I hope you have an amazing time in between now and whenever you next hear my voice. 拜拜